I'm Tom. I'm Stephanie. This is a podcast about what bonds people and places together. Or as we like to call it, food glue. So we've got some soup. So where's the soup from? Co-op. Co-op. But we've just, Tom's, Tom's got me to probe it, to check the temperature, except I have no um, scale of reference on what's the right temperature for I've soup I've got our meat probe at. out, just for a bit of a laugh, which we use quite a lot. With, we used to use it quite a lot with roasty joints and chickens and things, but we've started using it with steaks as they're frying, just to see how to keep an eye on it. Mainly because mm. we're watching a lot of Australia. I've not been watching, but Joe, my partner, has been watching a lot of Australian MasterChef. And in there, they don't mess around. They don't pretend. They don't, you know, do that. Hold your finger on your thumb for different levels of mm. steak, steak bollocks. Um, they stick a probe in it and leave the probe in pretty much the whole time they're cooking it. Mm. When it's in the oven, they have like. The actual thermometers, there's a, there's a probe in the meat and a wire runs out outside the oven oh, yeah. and, the, and the natural thermometer yeah. clock thing displays outside, outside and they keep an eye on it all. It's like, why don't, why don't more home people do that? If restaurants think they need to do yeah. it, I'm not sure why we don't do that. I guess there's not so much of a place to stick your thing, but we could do it here. But we use that probe all the time, it's great. Probes. Probes. I, I actually think I was listening to a podcast the other day and they said that... Um, why don't we probe cakes when we bake them? Or was it bread they were talking about? Oh, cakes would make more sense because they listen to a lot of podcasts recently. Break, break. Like not the no, don't listen to it. Just probe it, and when it reaches a certain temperature in the middle, it's ready to come out. Anyone that doesn't like eating noises is going to be sorely disappointed today. We're just having a bit of soup and bread. Mm. Uh, bread to come out of our. Topically, came out of our bread machine. Mm. Joe's just got a new one because she's going to be doing some more cooking. Mm. But I remember my mum having a bread machine when I was growing up and all the loaves had a stupid hole in them. This hasn't got a stupid it's hole in it. A little hole in it. Uh, from the needy bit. But because it's new, the, an- the anti-stick is on the needy bit. It's still working really well. Mm. So it doesn't leave a massive hole when it comes out. Okay. But it's a really nice machine. But we use what brand is it? That was the tentative slurp of somebody who realises that the soup is too hot as they start slurping. You're also marking time while I'm off. <clears throat> Looking at the top of the bread machine, it's the top of the range Panasonic. Nice. Really good. Very nice. Um, yeah, mainly good because you're going to be doing some commercial work. It, it just means it's a bit more hands-free, isn't it? You can put it on and do, be doing something else. You do very little with it. Mm. Yeah, you especially chuck all the ingredients. It's got a little yeast tray as well and everything, mm. so you kind of stick all the ingredients in. It's got like a seed tray and a yeast tray. So if you want wholemeal like this bread, which mm. is a bit more wholemeal-y and got seeds and bobs in it, it drops them in at a certain time and it, drop, make some bread. and it drops the yeast in at a certain time as well. Mm. It's really handy. So yeah, you just put everything in and walk away. I had some bread with fennel and caraway seeds in on Thursday. It's good. But it's also really good for making pasta dough, pizza dough, all sorts of stuff. So you don't mm. necessarily have to bake the bread in it. It just works quite well as a dough yeah, machine. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I actually think you get a better crust if you use the bread machine for everything and then take it out and put it in the oven and put some water in. Yeah, she does so, that a lot. Yeah. Which quite often makes mm. like her sourdough, the dough's made in there, but then it comes oh, out. Oh, yeah, put it in a banneton. Yeah, amazing. A banneton is a French word for a wicker basket with a cloth lining that Indeed. you put a bread in. Sourdough starters up on the counter. Wow. About two months old now. Oh, wow. You have, to, you have to feed it every day, divide it and feed it. And are you day. discarding every day? Yeah. If you have a day that I'm seeing you and not using the discard, I'll take it and I'll make one loaf. I would imagine 
you can have some today. Because I don't want, I don't want to have a starter, but I'd happily make one loaf with a discard, or I'll make pancakes, or start. you can make banana bread with the discard. No, it needs to go. So I should put an eight right now. Yeah. She doesn't discard it because that would be a travesty. Mm. Yeah, I can even come and get it later. It's ready to go. But I found it, um, and this probably says something about my psychology, I found it really stressful having to throw stuff away every day. Like, if you're not baking, like, I live in a one or two person household. Like, the discard, so you have to bin some or bake with it every day. So if you're not baking a whole sourdough loaf every day, I used to feel really sad with the discard. You can freeze them. Mm, yeah, but, but you still have to bake every it. day. Because it felt like every week I was putting a whole bag of flour in and throwing it away. That is a bit. It does take quite a lot of work. Mm. But it's amazing. It just felt wasteful. And so I ended up, um, well, for a while I was just making soda bread or like an overnight loaf. Um, and then I haven't made bread for ages, so it would be good. That machine is great. Mm. It just... There's just no, mm. and it just comes out. You still got to play your proportions a bit, and you still got to know how much. Have a look at the flour and see how wet it is, and how much mm. water you need to add. There is, it's not completely automatic. You do need to do a bit of use a bit of baking knowledge, but it takes a lot of the hard work out. I think I might do it. I've just thought I might do it the um, cast iron, the cast iron way. Oh, uh, Dutch ovens. Yeah, they're lovely. Um, like get a, my Le Creuset out and do the bread in that. I'll find a recipe that could, oh there we go, look, no need, white, whole white bread, that looks great. I'm a lucky boy, fresh bread every day, mm. pretty much, we go for a loaf every one or two days, with the three of us. I could probably get through that loaf today. I do quite <laughs> I definitely have to ration myself mm. from just, I do, it just comes out and the house is full of bread smells. Mm. Like that. I have to ration myself. This soup looks very good. It doesn't look very processed at all. No, this. What was it? Moroccan tagine. So it's got some chickpeas, tomatoes, and stuff like that in it. It's good. You've not added anything. I was hungry. Nope. No. Just straight up. It's very good. Store bought. It was a plastic pot job. A fresh a, one, yeah. Not a tin. But. Some of Co-op stuff's really good, some of it's a bit hit mess, but they do a lot of really good stuff these days. Mm. I like Co-op. In the absence of a waitrose in town, Co-op is my preferred. I feel a bit less like I'm giving money to corporate overlords, isn't I? Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's still a business to an extent, but... It's tricky though, unless you're going to grow all your own and live off the land. Right at the moment, so if you're listening later than March 2023, Currently in Britain, we're going through a bit of a salad. No, no, no. Wet no, droughtage. No. The What's press, going on? The press says there's a, a droughtage. I've just been to co-op today. They had everything. I went in a co-op yesterday. They had everything. Got my gusto box this week. There were no replacements. I got tomatoes go. and everything. So I just think it's the press. When people worry about, ask me, what do you think about this? I'm like, stop watching the news. That's what I think about it. So it has been reported that we're going through a salad shortage. Cynical Stephanie says no. Cynical Stephanie says no. It's probably that some of the largest supply chains are struggling a bit. Or the prices have gone up and Tesco's don't want to pay the increased prices. No. Like it was with the eggs. There oh, was. there's an egg shortage. No, there isn't. Tesco's are just squeezing the egg farmers enough that they'd said no. 
this is what I, I was reading some stuff with farmers and they're saying we're just not going to plant because we're not being paid enough we're not going to spend all that time trouble mm. effort wastage yeah to plant all of this stuff when we're going to lose money they're not going to pay us a fair wage they're not going to pay us a fair wage for it we're not going to plant it That was delicious. Sorry, I was really hungry. Can you tell? Mm-hmm. I had three wheat bits this morning as well. I had. Oh, yeah. Greek flatbread. Mm-hmm. Little round one from Sainsbury's. Mm. Very nice. On that, I had three egg scrambled eggs. Delicious. Uh, but I fried some onions up first, mm. and this, the eggs came from my friends who have hens. Mm. So we have their I'm hens. Jealous. So that was very nice. And then I had on right at the end, I put some feta in. Just oh, warm through, yeah. and then I had the, the leftover sauce from last night's chicken sarg curry oh, on top nice. of that. that I, I smelled curry when I came in, but yeah. I didn't want to say that, but that <laughs> explains it. Because I almost said to you when I said, I'm coming over at 12, I was going to be like, tater tots? Tater tots? I was thinking that, because I've got some, I've got half a block of... Tofu. Oh, I should have said, next I would, it would have happened. Tofu lasts forever, maybe I'll come back next week. Tom, can I have another bit of bread? You may have another bit of bread. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut it yourself, because I'm stuffing. We'll make the. This will be good noise. Oh, you've got the. I've just bought. Um, you be careful. You be careful. That it's terrifying. I'm just looking at Tom's lovely global bread knife. I have just bought Liam a new Japanese bread knife. It's but it's huge. It's like this long. That thing. That thing. I'm will, saying this long. Nobody can see that. It's probably forty centimeters long. That will go through your hand right, <laughs> quite okay. happily. But it's like revolutionary. A good bread knife. Good bread knife, yeah. We, we, we didn't see what the point was because we've only ever had bad bread knives. Yeah. Then we've got a good one. We're like, ah. This doesn't even need toasting, does it? No, it's beautiful. Salted butter. Butter knife. Do you want another slice? Sorry. I'm all right, thank you. I've already had Greek fat bread. I have two chocolate wheat bakes and one normal wheat At some point we're actually going to record an actual episode. We're just sitting around the kitchen table at the moment. Yeah. Just here for the, the washing machine or the dishwasher. Being, on. You know being pe real people, eating real food. Um, I also bought myself some ginger biscuits in co-op and had to have two emergency ginger biscuits on the way here. Well, while we're here, I'm gonna ask you a question. Oh yeah, do it. Because I was watching a video on YouTube with Marco Pierre White versus Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yeah. And it was how they make scrambled eggs. And <laughs> pretty much everything that Gordon Ramsay said was contradicted in the Marco Pierre White section. Oh, interesting. It was really well, it was beautifully edited. It wasn't, they hadn't shot it like that originally, but the, whoever had got hold of it had edited the footage to make it sound like they were directly contradicting mm. each other. It was absolutely fantastic, really funny. Um, so my question to you is, how do you make your scrambled eggs? Okay, so firstly, I'm gonna digress. Um, <laughs> I listened to a podcast, uh, it's the Food Programme, and it was Pierre Kaufman, Alive Through Food, and Marco Pierre White was there talking about Pierre Kaufman. There is something wrong with his throat. Well, maybe he's had a, a thing. Yeah. Like, I actually thought I need to Google this. Like, every sort of fifth word. Like, he was talking very eloquently and calmly. And at first, I was like, wow, this guy should do some calm sleep stories. Marco Pierre White and his gravelly voice. But he couldn't finish a sentence without, like, clearing his throat. I was like, is he a big smoker? Anyway, I was very worried about Marco Pierre White. I thought I need to, I need to sound the alarm for his poor throat. But anyway, also very worth listening to that. Um... Not a lot, enough people know about Pierre Kaufman because he never wanted to be in the limelight. But scrambled eggs. Yes. Have you seen? I'm sort of 
trying to spread I'm doing that thing where you're spreading too cold butter into too good bread and it's just mashing so I'm gonna make myself some little butter sandwiches um have you seen Saturday Kitchen and they used to do the omelette challenge yes my mother and I went on the Saturday Kitchen experience and I did the omelette challenge and we had Francesco Mazze yeah Italian chef in reality I always end up making sort of a half um, scrambled egg omelette. Okay, yeah. But I do know how to make one properly. So you melt butter in a pan, and my rule is, if you're cooking eggs, you have butter. No matter how you're cooking them, it's butter, not oil. So you heat some butter in a pan until it um, like fizzes. Then in a separate bowl. So what, what heat are we over? Medium. Medium. Medium, medium, medium high. Medium, medium high. Okay. Medium high, it's yeah. Speed motion. I'll probably be on like seven to begin with. Wow. Yeah, on my induction hob, six or seven. Well, seven definitely for the butter melting. That's for reference. Turn it down to a six. How far does it go up to? Ten. Right. Well, nine doesn't actually go up to ten. Doesn't go up to ten. No. What? I know. Um, whiskey eggs in a separate bowl. Yeah. I come from a thrifty household, so we sling a bit, two eggs, bit of milk. Yeah. I do three now, obviously, but that's how we did it growing up because you got to make the eggs go further. Well, I think it was very. Slightly post-war generation. Yeah. And, and then that going on to their children. And yeah. Their... I like a bit of nutmeg okay. in there. Salt and pepper, salt as you go, then you need less salt. Chuck it in so it gets to a layer and you can see the very edges start to go and then you like mix it into the middle a bit. Then I let that settle. Then I fold it in half and let it cook in the middle. It's kind of an omelette really. That's what you asked me how to make. I said how to make scrambled eggs. Oh, sorry. Okay, well, scrambled eggs I just keep staying, but I just keep stirring. Okay. So same heat, mm. same technique, mm. just keep going. But once that first layer's cooked on the bottom, yeah. I'll one. probably turn it down one to okay. six. Interesting. Mm. Was that made all the better by me trying to eat bread during it? Sorry, I quite enjoyed it. So that's a Gordon Ramsay. So Marco Pierre White would say you're an absolute philistine. That's oh. not how you cook scrambled eggs. Wow, That's how, how would you do it? So you do a very low heat. Mm. Very, very low, low heat. Low And you mix the eggs in the pan. Mm. And you keep moving them. Break them in. And they break them in. Mm. And then you, basically, you don't go for a solid. You go for a very thick liquid. So they're mm. all cooked through. And it's almost like a sauce rather than... Folds, soft folds. I would have normally have gone for soft fold myself. Mm. So a little bit, little bit higher heat with butter. Mm. I agree, salt and pepper. And I would mix the eggs outside the pan. Mm. But I've now started doing, you know, because I'm a snob. Started doing the Marco Pierre White saucy sauce mm. ones, which I really like. Joe doesn't. Joe, Joe, Joe doesn't like sloppy eggs at all. So she's like, oh my god, that's disgusting. Why are you eating snot? I'll try it this week. I'm on my own this week, so there'll be probably lots of lazy dinners like eggs yeah. on toast. If you week. Google. Or you go on YouTube and you look Marco Pierre White mm. versus Gordon Ramsay eggs, you'll see it. But it's interesting because Ramsay was taught by Marco Pierre White, who was his apprentice, and there's mm. videos of a very young Gordon Ramsay in Marco Pierre White's kitchen. Mm. So it's just they have such different techniques. But that's cookery, cookery, isn't it? Things, mm. People do things differently, and there is no real right or wrong. Talking of no right or wrong, I went out a couple of weeks ago to um, Cafe Royer. What road is that? It's not Willerton? the one that joins the Beeston High Road that goes towards Willerton. It has many names, doesn't it? Willerton Road? Willerton Road. Because it turns into Station Road and it turns into something else. And yeah. It turns into something else. Basically, on the north way out of Beeston, little restaurant on the right hand side, which probably you haven't given a second glance because it's not open like in the day. 
called Cafe Wire. They have a um, fully vegetarian menu. Well, it's red. And we wanted to go out for dinner one night and we haven't booked anywhere. And I called them and they said, oh, we've just had a cancellation. And I said, fantastic. They're normally quite busy. Mm. And we only take reservations via phone, which I sometimes find quite difficult because the time when they're open, I'm not thinking about booking a restaurant because I'm eating food. Um... So we went to Cafe Wire. I haven't been for ages, probably since when you could sort of sit outside. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I had such a lovely meal. I had a lentily curry thing with rhubarb for my main. And we had their bread and olives and dips to start, which was amazing. And do you know what I liked? It said price per person. And she said, oh, do you want one person's portion or two? And because we actually weren't that hungry, we just had a one person portion of the bread and dips, which was great. And then... Um, but they asked the question, which is really nice, rather than just turning up with two loads of bread. My other half had like a curry lasagna thing, which was delicious. But he had the last portion of that. But everything on the menu I wanted to have. And they have a menu that changes every month, plus specials. It's very, very seasonal. Mm. They put a lot of effort into changing mm. it as well. Which for a local restaurant is amazing because you could just keep visiting. And actually it made me think, I want to go again when they revamp their menu next month. We also had my other half had their non-alcoholic beer or low alcohol beer and it was one i had never heard of very organic brown paper label and i had a glass of wine which was great and we had some chocolatey desserts which were delicious and i was really pleasantly surprised and it felt much more elevated than a little neighborhood restaurant yeah it felt special and the decor in there is quite lovely it feels quite immersive i really enjoyed the experience and just really wanted to go again the staff were really knowledgeable it's a great place if you've got like allergies or dietary requirements because they're happy to support all of that. Um, I think it would be great to go in a group as well because there's like something for everyone. So like, they did a cheese board option. What was the menu themed around? Then we have a bit of a. It was quite diverse actually because, yeah, I had this rhubarb. Actually, the dish I had was on the specials. Um, it was. Yeah, I'd say it was very diverse actually. Well, a bit of a Persian bent to yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Persian Eastern Mediterranean thing going on but it's not always and it's very it's, as you say you can go in month to month and, it, and it's completely different which is lovely for a lot of restaurants very similar like one of our favorite actually the local frustrated chef has just changed which mm. again means for I want the first to go, time in forever time, forever which means i want to go in now because i've eaten that off that menu three times and it was a bit getting a bit oh, maybe i'll go somewhere else hold on ah i had the rhubarb koreshed which does sound persian doesn't it i'm just trying to get the menu up here we go so we had the tough marys for catch your bread. I still need to get tough marys on the podcast with olives, roasted red pepper, and sun dried tomato dip, and then Egyptian dukkha, which was incredible. Ooh, nice, yeah. Um, then we didn't have the starters, but they sounded amazing. But talking about variety, so one of them was a chana chat, one of them was a ban hao, so Vietnamese, and then the last one was a souffle. So completely pan world. So Liam had the paratha lasagna, which was a turkadal lasagna, but the it wasn't pasta, it was paratha breads. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I, I had the special, but they also had a... I firstly tried to order the parmigiana, but that wasn't available because they'd sold out. And then they had a veggie sausage mash and gravy with cream leeks. And then... Um, oh, we actually... I completely lied about the chocolatey dessert because it looked big. And I was quite full. We shared the passion fruit cheesecake, which came with coconut star and ice cream. I can't remember if you said right at the beginning, but Roya is... 
vegetarian vegetarian yeah, and lots of vegan yeah absolutely um and they can do gluten-free not free, blah blah blah. Brilliant for large groups. Yep. Well, honestly, if you meat eaters won't feel like they've left out, they're left out at all. Mm. There's plenty, there's tons and tons of fantastic food. And if you've got anyone with dietary requirements, as you said, anyone that's a bit picky or fussy, they can cover it all. It's really, really good for large groups because everyone can have something. I actually think you could take a meat eater there and not mention it, and they might not realise. Yeah. I've never felt I'm a meat eater. I've never felt like I'm. But I think you hit on it with the word Persian. That's what it's sort of like inside. Darkish colours on the walls, lots of lamps. and yeah. Like, we got dressed up, whereas there's lots of places in Beeson I'd go and I'd be like, I'm just going to go in my jeans. I'd want a pair of shirt. But on. I'd put a pair of shoes, nice pair of shoes on, yeah. I'd want a pair of shirt on and decent jeans. Not because you have to, just no. to feel like it's because it's a nice mm. time and you want yeah. to be a bit, feel a bit special. And because the decor's a bit different. So I really enjoyed... Um, I really enjoyed my night there. Maybe we should go there for lunch one day because I think they've got quite good coffee. Mm. Mm. Shall I get the um, book? We'll do Cookbook Corner? Mm. Wow. I bought Tom a little um, sample of the recipe I've cooked from Cookbook Corner. And I've put the uh, string in the wrong page. Silly me. Three, six, seven. So, I am a big fan of Nigella. I have most of, I don't, well, I was going to say most of her books, but I have her books that I like. I don't have her books that I, I don't love. Someone's having ice in their drink. And I got given as a book Simply Nigella. Feel good food, nice white cover. She's got a white shirt on. She's holding white bowls, empty white bowls. But I think that's because she does a lot of bowl food in here. I haven't cooked very much from this book, if I'm honest. I should cook from it more. Oh, I've made this. What's this? Indian spiced cod I've made. What was your note? Good, but didn't set me on fire. <laughs> so I probably won't make that again. But anyway, I've been literally cooking almost... Or well, we've even been being lazy and getting gusto box, or I've been pretty much only cooking from Anna Jones. So I was like, I need to get out of my Anna Jones funk and actually cook some other stuff. And so I made, um, and I wanted to do an order for my favourite little nuts and seeds and dried goods supplier, Madhouse Nut Centre, um, which I've recommended before, but I think they're great. And I needed to top it up with some bits. So I picked this recipe out and I cooked their toasty olive oil granola, which is why you might have heard that jingle jangly sound. So it is... <clears throat> well, she says herself this is a pared down, though most definitely luxurious granola, in the sense that it has no dried fruit in it. So I put some dried fruit in. I cut up some apricots and put That's them good. in at the end. I was just looking, I was, as you were saying that, I was looking at it again, but hang on, there's dried... Mm. That's a big fib. What? Also, one of my complaints about the recipe was going to be it doesn't clump together. And I realise that's the second thing she says. Nor does it clump together. <laughs> ah. I think it's... I like to make granola every now and then as like a snacky thing. So like mid-afternoon, rather than hitting some chocolate, I'll make myself like a little, little tiny bowl full of granola, cover it in milk. And I kind of think that's probably better. You know, I've got some healthy fats, loads of variety some protein from the milk. I like to think it's better for me. It might not be. Or when I make clumpy granola, I just like to eat it out of the bowl, very... like out of the tin. When I was trying to lose loads of weight a couple of years ago, 
I did something very similar mid afternoon because I used to get hungry. Yeah. But I didn't make granola, but I did get a load of little bits mm. and just chuck them in a little ramekin. Yeah. And then that, and then I could just the pick ones it. that you get goo desserts. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> same. And I could just pick and pick at it. Yeah. And it would make me feel a bit more like I'm having something fun. Yeah. Exactly. And the same when you make a crump, clumpier granola, you don't need the milk on it then because you just eat it as it is. Uh, so I made this one. It's pretty much all seeds, and then you make it with um, olive oil and maple syrup. Much to Liam's disgust, because I put maple syrup on the shopping list, and he did the shop, and he was like, "I hope you like this five pounds worth of maple syrup I bought you." And I was like, oh, "Half a box going to go in the granola." But then I thought, okay, two pound fifty. I made a big like liter kilner jar of granola from this recipe. I probably spent. Well, with the £2.50s worth of maple syrup, I probably spent four quid on ingredients. But, okay, you go to the supermarket and you buy 500 grams of nice granola. Expensive. It's more than that. Yeah. So I think I've saved money for the cost of living crisis. And I'm sure there are cheaper granola recipes out there. I think I would maybe... I love the amount of seeds she's got in there. So there's sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, flax seeds and flaked almonds. I like that combination. Yeah. So I think I'd be tempted to make one of my slightly more sugary, clumpier, maybe even cheaper one. How would you go about adapting this? those seeds? How would you go about adapting this recipe to make it clumpier? Well, I think I'd do it the other way around. I'd go back to one of my familiar recipes. I like the lady who was on Bake Off. Her website is A Normal Mum. I can't remember her name. That's awful, isn't it? She was on one of the early seasons. She has a great granola recipe, and I think I'd take that and add these seeds in. In place of maybe some of her dried fruit okay. and nut combos. But this one is a great way. This website, if you're happy to spend the money on olive oil. She's just extra virgin. I don't put extra virgin in. If you're happy to spend the money on olive oil and maple syrup. This is a great way to use up any odds and ends of like, you know, especially if you've got stuff left over from Christmas baking. Maybe you've got a couple of walnuts. You've got a bunch of different seeds, but nothing enough to make a recipe. You could just add up the totals of the seeds in this and just chuck in the same amount of grammage of whatever you've got, just chop it up. Yeah. So I love a granola. I really enjoyed it. And it looking through this recipe book, it made me think, okay, I need to cook a few more. We've just flipped a page and there's a sweet potato, black bean and avocado burrito. So what's the theme of this book? It's very... Uh, oh, fried egg and kimchi taco. We should make those. That looks good. I've got yeah. some kimchi to play with. I mean, I don't even think you need to read the recipe. You can just look at the picture and be like, okay, they've taken a wrap, they fried an egg on top of it, and then they put some kimchi on. That's it. Yeah. Warm the tortilla in it, give it a minute on one side, turn it over, then move to a plate. Put chilli in the pan and crack your egg into the chilli. Oh, I like Ooh. it. Okay. Um, it's just supposed to be simple. So she's got a whole chapter, I think, on bowl food, or she, maybe she calls it soul food. bowl food. Yeah. There's a whole chapter called breathe. I haven't even looked at what's in there. And then there's a sweet section, and then she's put the breakfast, the beginnings at the end, which is interesting, isn't it? Um, but there's quite a lot of fish in here, and I really like fish. So maybe there's a thing about breakfast that uses up bits from other bits, and that's why it's towards oh, yeah, the end. Maybe. I could just be making shit up, but. Oh, this this is why I've not looked at the breathe section because it's very meaty. Veal shank, what was that? Oxtail. Oxtail, brisket, something. Barbecuey pork butt. Okay. You know, I, that's probably why I've not hit this section. But um, I guess maybe it's called breathe because you make it, you start and then you have time to breathe because you just walk away. Could be. Oh, leek past bait, that looks nice. Bakey things. Yeah, so... 
I need to get a bit more into it, but... It's lovely pictures. Yeah, really nice pictures, really nice way it's written. Um, as always with Nigella, it's got some good... Um, it's got some good introductions to the recipes. We've just also got to licorice and blackcurrant chocolate cake. I got a bit careful with the licorice, but I love licorice. This is bizarre. I was going to say it's vegan because it's got almond milk in it, but it's not. It's got two eggs. It's um, I'll tell you what it is. This is a magic cake. My grandma has recipes for magic cake where you put all the stuff in. Yeah, it is magic. So you you make your batter, pour it into the tin, then you pour boiling water over it and bake it. What? And if you watch somebody do this, you go, you have just ruined That's that cake. And it's magic. So, yeah, don't just come to Nigella for the cakes. I will make... Oh, there we go. I made her fish tacos in June 2022. Really good make for a crowd and could do it with tofu. I've actually got some fish in the freezer, which would be perfect. Which I might do that soon, fish tacos. Beetroot halloumi burgers. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop between now. Sense. This is what I mean. I got it out to do the granola because I'd had it bookmarked for ages and I thought I need to cook more from this so book. It's simply Nigella. Yeah. Feel good food. Yeah. It's not me. I'm sure it's available. I'm sure it's cheap now. From all of the normal places. Yeah. Independent bookstores are always better than yeah. Amazons. Yeah. And all that stuff. We have some news for the listeners we that do. they could also be readers very, very soon. In fact, yes. probably before this comes out, it's already out. But we are the, I don't know, it's going to sound a bit grandiose, food writers for the Bistonian. No, Mag make it even more grandiose. More grandiose. We're food editors. Food editors. Senior food editors. <laughs> We're just inventing titles. Yeah. You can bear in mind the editor does actually listen to our podcast, so you need to be a bit careful. That's okay. So yeah, we've got asked to be the food or food content writers yeah. for the local community magazine. I say local community magazine. It's not like one of the old parish magazines stapled together <laughs> with, a, with a bit of an end paper. It's a really nice, glossy, high production value, lovely magazine based around Beeston. And one of the reasons we really like it is it has a massive community spirit. It's all about mm. the great things that happen in Beeston and on the outskirts of Nottingham. And this issue that's coming out in March is actually a very foodie issue. So it will be a great one to get your hands on. You can pick it up at pretty much any of the places we've interviewed, <laughs> uh, which is fantastic. And yeah, I'm really excited to see it in, in print and looking forward to contributing in the weeks and months to come. Have you been in a lot in print before? Glossy, I've glossy been print? in Olive magazine. Oh. I've got two magazines on my bookshelf that have my... you got your byline. Yeah. I have, but they're not food related. <laughs> Skydive magazine, White Dwarf magazine, Wait. and Airsoft Action magazine, and, and Airsoft International magazine. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> a little bit different. Yeah, a little for bit. sure. We've got to get copies though and add them to the. In fact, there's no, you can't see. I might put a picture, but there's me on. We've got on the wall in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. We've on got the front cover. The front, I've been a front cover model That's as well. That's got to be our goal then. <laughs> yeah, the net? front cover the of the Beastonian. Yeah. Um, a front cover model in a magazine I used to write for. Um, with some articles in that I used to write. I just thought, just me and the boys. So I put it up. Nice. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm also excited to actually read this issue, see the other contributors, and see it out there in the world. One of my favourite things is there's a couple of magazines I really look forward to in mm. the pub. And she's totally tapped. Or any pub in Beeston, actually. And I settle down with a pint, quiet pint, to have a read. One is Nottingham Drinker, which is Nottingham Cameras mm -hmm. magazine. It's actually pretty, for most camera magazines, it's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the Bastonian, which I always look forward to getting a new one, and Left Lion as well. As I, I actually think we're lucky in Nottingham. Both Left Lion and the Bastonian have great creative. So they often have beautiful covers, beautiful um, illustrations on the inside. I have a few copies of um, Left Lion for sure that I've kept. And I definitely think the covers of the Bastonian are frameable. Oh, they're stunning. Yeah. But, they, but they sell prints. Mm. So the artist, I'll drop a link to his work. Mm-hmm. In the show notes, all of this stuff is for sale yeah. to help raise money for hip-hop, his, his own work, and also the Bistonian as well. Maybe. And we should also drop the link that if people are loving the Bistonian, they can drop us a, a few quid to say, well, not us, but the the whole Bistonian yes. contribu- contributory fund, because it is a free community magazine. So we'll drop the link to that in the show notes as well, just in case anybody wants to say thanks, guys, you're doing a great job to the whole Bistonian team. Um, it's a nice way to support them. So, the other thing I got up to this weekend is I went to my favourite pub, Totally Taps, closing down day on the Sunday. I mean, what a disaster. Okay, but, but... But, 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 luckily they're moving 170 yards down the road to a new place uh, where my partner Joe's going to be doing the bar food. So I might have to let Stephanie cover that one because otherwise that's like massive nepotism. I'm hoping to do a little record there this weekend at their new opening of the new site. So yeah. I will do my best to take a little microphone and, and have a little chit chat. It'll just be me and Marlo on a date down to Aww. take the chat. So no, don't, mm. we're looking forward to it. Marlo and, <laughs> Marlo and I have got a date night on Thursday. We're going down to Essen General Store, which is on one of our previous episodes to interview, well, not to interview, to eat um, G&G's pop-up noodle event. And GG. Grace from G&G's is on one of our previous episodes as well. So it's a nice double whammy. I'm really looking forward to it. So Marlo and I have a little date night there on Thursday. And then on Saturday, I thought I'd take him to Totally Taps opening. He is a lucky boy. He's a lucky dog. He'll, yeah. get, a lot, he'll get a lot of attention yeah, in there. Exactly. <laughs> it's gonna be, yeah. He's going to have some friends. Yeah, exactly. So I think it will be nice. We'll, and we can walk down from home into town um, so you can get a nice walk in on the way. And again, that's one of the things we love about Beeston. It's like a little love affair, isn't it? There's a few places I want to go next, though, that I think maybe we could go out for lunch next week. Okay, where should we go? Uh, well, we haven't. I think we may have done a recording there but never used it of Yellowwood. Or we went there and discussed the fact we wanted a podcast. I think we went into Yellowwood a long Did time ago. No, this is before we decided we were going to do a podcast. Yeah. So they have done a U-turn and now allow dogs. Hey. So that means they're on my happy list again. So I thought we should maybe go and try there. Yeah. Because I'd also like to have a sneak peek at their co-working space upstairs. Yeah. So you can book a desk for a day in there. Yeah, good idea. Um, so it'd be nice to go and check that out. Just in terms of that whole community feel, it might be a nice place. Um, they have a big community event. They do gaming nights, yeah, puzzle nights, exactly. craft nights, all so poem nights, like all sorts of stuff. I'd also like to take you down to um, some of the more... Some of the places that have been on the high street for a bit longer. Metro Cafe, have you been in there? I've never been to Metro I've Cafe. I've had lunch in there before, I loved it. And the ladies behind the counter were sweet. Oh, I may have got a coffee, but that's about it. So we should go to Metro Cafe and we should go to Christine's Delights. Okay. Going out for lunch is like something I quite like to treat myself to once a week. And so it would be nice to go and try some of the places I've already been and introduce you to them. Basically she wants to get me out of the house. Yeah. I also just recommended, um, and we haven't talked about them on the podcast either, Pudding Pantry. 
So I used to live in Sherwood and there's one in Sherwood and there's one in Beeston as well. And during lockdown, I would go down there and get, they have great coffee and they used to do takeaway sandwiches. Have you seen the new ice cream place? Rassam's. Yeah, yeah. it's really interesting. We can, have you been in? No, but I really want to. I, I feel like it's the place to go when we're really hungry. It's um, really interesting. I was talking to some people about it and they were, because I said, oh, it's just for kids. And they went, no, it's not. It's for people who don't drink alcohol, mm. so whether you're religious or anything yeah. else it was mainly set up for kind of muslim mm. communities and yeah. stuff like that so we would go to the pub they go out for sugar yeah there's quite a lot of those in like manchester yeah. you know or yeah but it's very very beautifully constructed laid out and everything else inside it looks very black and pink <laughs> it looks like an assault on the eyes i think if we're gonna go we should maybe go during the day when it's not full of kids yeah and when we're really hungry when it's not half term yeah because the moment it's super busy yeah or we just go and share something because it all looks huge I'm 105 kilos. It's really not a problem. I can always get something. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, Pudding Pantry, I just recommended to a friend and she really enjoyed it. It's a nice place to go for a brunch. I've been there for brunch with well, friends. A few things to do on yeah. the list then. We'll have to start ticking them off. Absolutely. We've already got a bit of a backlog. Yeah. She's been Stephanie. He's been Tom. Keep on eating. And fill your tum. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Food Glue. Please subscribe to us and share us with all of your friends, family, your nan, your dog, whoever. We would love to hear from you via our Instagram at foodgluepod or you can email us at foodgluepod at gmail.com. And if you've got some spare time, please do rate and review us on your favourite podcast player because it helps other people to find us.